Okay, everyone, we are back. It's What's the Game Plan with uh, Valor Sean. And it could be Sean and Valor. I'm not sure what it says on the label. But uh, yeah, we had to skip last week. We hope you're not too broke from missing uh, our seriously professional tips that probably bring in a salary if you just stuck with us and to keep the face. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we're back to making some money. And today's hot topic we will get to later on is going to be the NBA. It's going to be the Valo lockdown for the NBA. Uh, he's going to let you know all you need to know for it. Uh, the teams look out for the tight uh, matchups, everything like that. But before we get to that, let's get to our bread and butter. We got uh, the Prem. No, not, Premier League is kind of wrapped up. So what about the FA Cup? What did you think of that? With Chelsea and Leicester, Valo? Uh, yeah, it was an all right game. Uh, you know, Chelsea... Had a couple of chances, but they, I don't know, wasn't too blown away by them. Like, um, you know, the few half chances and that, but like they weren't really kind of doing any damage to Leicester. Uh, and then just like everything good that Leicester did was just Tielemans. Like, he's just unreal at that. And the goal, you know what, reminded me of myself. Uh, I won't go too much into that comment, but I'm sure the people know what I mean. Reminded me of myself. Um, Quality strike, keeper had no chance. <laughs> what more can you say? Yeah. Unbelievable, we're in the first minute and I already have to edit something out. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> we, what did, what did uh, you make of it anyway? Uh, all I thought during it is Chelsea are going to struggle in this Champions League final. They uh, had no flair about them, uh, whereas Man City is, it has probably been prepping for the Champions League final for weeks now. And it, it, Chelsea look unprepared. They don't look, uh, they don't ready to go. Unless, unless they're all just thinking about Champions League final, didn't care about the FA Cup, uh, which is which wouldn't make sense at all. Because in England, especially, the FA Cup is like seen as a, such a huge thing. Uh, they count it towards like the treble, like the main treble, don't they? Like Champions League, the, uh, the Premier League, and the FA Cup is the big treble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like it's. It's no Community Shield. It's no uh, Carabao Cup or whatever. Uh, it's proper. <laughs> so uh, I can't see, I can't see why they were just thrown on purpose, like just for that. Uh, a thing that also crossed my mind is, uh, aside from Man City, are definitely going to win the Champions League. Uh, who, in God's name, is going to make this England team for the Euros? They have. Um. Southgate has the biggest selection ever. They, I, I think England nearly have to win it this year. You're sounding a lot like the English media right now. Uh, every time a tournament comes around and they act like they have the best players going. Uh, Even Paddy Power having them in his favour right now, which doesn't usually happen. I think that they do have a good chance because so much of it's going to be held in England. Uh, and like to be fair, it is they do have a good squad in that, but... Uh, like, I don't think they have a good defence at all. Um, I think anytime they come up against a quality team, they're just going to play real defensively. And then you're just hoping that Kane's going to bag a goal or whatever. Uh, like, if they come up against, say, uh, I don't know, France on fire, like, I can't, they're not going to stop France scoring. Like, and then they're going to have to score two or three to be France. Uh, yeah, it, unless they get a nice little draw like they did in the World Cup, where, like, you know, they're playing literally rubbish teams and uh they I think they played they played against two good teams basically in the whole tournament and lost both games. Um but uh yeah, football's coming home. <laughs> I don't looking through uh looking through the team and the selection of players they could have, like they he will be in the team. There's very three players in that England team that were like have a secure spots that I don't think should, and those players are probably Harry Maguire. He's probably going to be back there uh, with John Stones. I don't think Maguire should be back there. I'd, I'd sooner give it to Mings, right? Uh, even though there's a vaccine out there, uh, Henderson. I think captain, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he should be uh, at the starting lineup, anyways, and. The most controversial of all, I don't think Harry Kane should be in the team. I think he's way too greedy in the team player at all. He just 
thinks about the golden when he goes into that tournament, he's not thinking because uh, he's thinking golden. I'm gonna get that with my name on it. <laughs> and uh, no, it's I. I don't think uh, he is not a good piece to the puzzle of what it takes to be a great team in the Euros. I think mm. someone like I know he's retired, Vardy. Uh, Vardy retired from it. I think he should Southgate should beg him to come back in. <laughs> I think Vardy up top, and then maybe Rashford on right, or maybe uh, Foden on the left. Like the selection, like Sterling and Foden, like on either side. Like the three unbelievable wingers. Uh, Fo- do you think Foden could do a t- job up uh, top for England, like um... centre role? If they play the false nine like City do, but I don't think I'm not even sure Southgate knows what a false nine is. Like I think that chap is like I think he just plays FIFA. <laughs> I think I think in that false nine, if you had Grealish back, uh, up there too, like just behind it being creative with them runs, I think it would uh, really, really be promising. Uh, but then again, I hope they don't pick out them players because I hope England do bad because I'm from Ireland. We <laughs> <laughs> don't like that. Uh, so I think uh, I think they're just favourites, but England always find a way to screw it up. So uh, good luck with that Southgate. Uh, but you do have lads like uh, I think France. I think France is the only one that can put it up to. I think Van Dijk for Holland is out, so Holland could act like. He is strong as near Liverpool uh, at the back without him. I know they have the the light, the lead, whoever, uh, back there, but he's, he's not the man that Van Dyke is at all. And uh, but they have an interesting attacking four, so it, you don't know how it's gonna. You don't know how they play together until the first few games. But it seems like France are the only one that can put up to them. Maybe Belgium, but Hazard hasn't been top form at all. Who do you think can put up to them? Um. Yeah, I think Holland do have a good squad. Uh, they have this guy playing for Lille, uh, Botman. Um, he's kind of, like, recently he's kind of come into the spotlight a bit because he's doing so well. Um, I don't know. I, I, like, I'm not going to pretend that I watch Lille play, but, uh, you know, judging by the reviews he's getting, if you suck him in with the lit, uh, I don't know, they, they might be all right. Um but yeah, Holland's more kind of a attacking team anyway than what they have in defence. So, um, mm. I think yeah, like um, don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. Like the usual tough countries like Germany, they're they're not looking great at all. Can't see them doing anything. No. Um, Italy, they've 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 kind of fallen down the pecking order, but like they've been they've been coming back up. Um. But no, I think it's, I think it is kind of between Belgium and France for me. Um, like Spain, Spain are hit and miss. You, you literally don't know what you're going to get. They, they could be quality. They could be absolutely unstoppable, or they could just bang average. I don't think they have enough stars at the moment to do it. And so yeah, I think France or Belgium. France, yeah. Uh, I think uh, the odds after those top three just like skyrocket, but. Uh, you know, we're probably going to have a lot of Euros talk uh, later on in uh, while it's actually going on so we can get uh, our tips in. The road might be focused on the Euros in uh, episodes to come. But um, yeah, tell you what, you have a lot to talk about on the NBA, don't you? Okay, so uh, I might have conspiracy theory or two. Ooh. Um. Let me, let me let me hit you with some cold hard facts, okay? Okay. So the NBA this year, they're doing a play-in tournament. Okay, means if you usually if you finish top eight, you're in the playoffs no matter what. This year, you have to finish top six to be guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Seventh to tenth goes into a play-in tournament. Okay, so seventh plays eight, and the winner is the seventh seed, uh, and the loser goes into a game against the winner of a game between the ninth and the 10th seed. So they're playing for the eighth seed then. So to get into the playoffs, you either have to win one or two games, uh, depending on where you finished. So in the Western Conference, it's it's a really bizarre season. So the strongest kind of, strongest teams in the West 
if I was to pick the three strongest, just judging on squad, not judging on the season's form right it's the Nuggets, the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, the positions they finished in, Nuggets finished third, Clippers fourth and Lakers seventh. So their positions don't match how well they should have done. Okay. Team that finished the top, the Utah Jazz, they are a good team, um, but they did so well because um, basically they started off this year as pretty much the same group of players. They've been playing together for years. They know exactly like what the coach wants, how they want to play. So they kind of had a head start in this year where like nobody had time to train uh, and kind of no team bonding around this year. So they have a bit of an advantage, and I think it's inflated their record. So therefore, second seed are the Suns. They are a good side. There are a lot of young players, and they brought in Chris Paul, who kind of leads them um, and gives them the direction. So that's why they've done so well. But again, they only added one or two players uh, in the off season. So pretty much the same squad. And Chris Paul just makes teams better. So they were always going to do better. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have teams like you have the Nuggets. Now they were flying at one point, but they. Um, just after the All-Star break, about eight games after that, they lost um, Jamal Murray, who was their second best player. So he got injured and they still did quite well, but they lost a bit of form. So they slipped down into third. Okay, mm. So here's where, <clears throat> sorry, and the Clippers finished fourth. So the, they're, they're the other strong team. Uh, the Clippers just always have a lot of injuries to their key players. Uh, Kawhi can't play too many games in a row. He's got like bad injury issues so uh they try to basically rest him as much as they can um so they're not too worried about the regular season that's why they finished fourth but the conspiracy comes here so um the trailblazers were in sixth and the lakers were in seventh and they had a tied record um but the trailblazers um had the head to head record means they stay above as long as they finish on the same record um, so they're both playing last night and basically <clears throat> my theory is that the Nuggets, sorry, the Trailblazers were playing the Nuggets in the last game. So the, the Nuggets could basically decide where the Trailblazers were going to finish, where they're going to finish in sixth. And in that case, the Nuggets would play the Trailblazers in the playoffs, the first round. Mm. Or if they beat the Trailblazers, chances are they're going to play the Lakers. Mm. So in my opinion my professional opinion, mm-hmm. the Nuggets perhaps threw this game. Now, you might say to me, come on, they just lost. You know, they, they just had a terrible start to the game. They were down by like 20 points after a quarter. That, that's all it was. What, what are you reading into this for, okay? Yeah. You tell me why none of their three best players played more than 17 minutes in that game. I'll tell you why. It's because they didn't want to win the game. They didn't want to play the Lakers. They didn't want to see LeBron, LeBron. Okay, they didn't want to see him. They knew if they came up against the Lakers, that's a, as tough a first round as you're going to get. Um, it makes no sense to like they were in control of this. It makes no sense to do that to yourself. So my professional opinion, they may have thrown this game. Um. The Lakers, I believe, all along were in a similar situation. So I think they made it look like they wanted a sixth seed because they didn't want to look like they're losing on purpose because they're afraid of a team. LeBron had never let his team do that. Mm-hmm. But all along, I 100% believe they knew they could only get sixth or seventh. And I 100% believe that they wanted seventh. The reason for that is if you finish seventh, you play the Suns, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if Well, sorry, they after the playing tournament they could be either seven or eight but if they finish seventh they play the Suns there's no chance LeBron looks at that Suns team and says they could beat me like he believes he can beat them he's come back from injury and he's played the last two games I was watching and he looks back to normal like he's needs a bit of time maybe to get you know uh, shooting rhythm back but he has all the physical attributes still there so if they lose to the Warriors in the playing game and then qualify as the eighth seed, they play the Jazz. And again, the Jazz don't have any superstars. They're a good team, but no superstars to beat LeBron and Anthony Davis. So it's a little bit of a risk because uh, there is obviously the chance if you lose two games, you're out. Um, you know, whereas if you're in a playoff series, it's you have to lose four games to go out. So a little bit more of a risk, but... Um, the plus side of this is 
this Lakers and Warriors game is going to be absolutely unreal. Um, both teams have nothing to lose. They they get a second chance if they do lose the game. So you're coming to watch LeBron against Steph for a chance to be in the playoffs. Uh, there's no way they're not both going to give you know 110. percent Um, Steph is absolutely on fire at the moment. Like he's what what he's doing is outrageous. If you're watching the shots he takes, there. He has no right to even take them, let alone be actually scoring them. Like it's actually ridiculous to watch it. Um, and yeah, I am buzzing to watch that game. I, like I don't even care about the East Coast playing. All I care about is this Lakers Warriors game. It's going to be, I think, it could be the best game in the whole playoffs this year. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that. That's why I need to get off my chest. Good, good. Now. The Warriors against the Lakers, Lakers are going to be hot favourite, but do you think, how much does Curry have to put away to give them a chance at beating the Lakers? At least 40. At least 40, that's a that's a tall order for Steph, but you know what, he's done it before. Uh, yeah. Definitely done it before. He's, um, I find the Warriors a lot more interesting to watch uh, than the Lakers. Lakers seem like very fundamentally like fundamentally better just with passing have an AD in there just slam dunk it away and not even t- think about it twice yeah yeah um, the, the Warriors game is basically all about get like can we get Steph a, a, a yard of space and you know he'll put it up and chances are it's going to go in uh, it doesn't matter what the shot is um, and Draymond Green uh, he'd be their second best player at the moment he's back He's found his form again. Uh, he's basically a playmaker, but he's also um, brilliant defensively. Uh, so he kind of carries the team, like he kind of leads the team. Um, but he kind of has the vision to get Steph a bit of space. Um, when you're when you're looking at the Lakers, like probably the person who's gonna be guarding Steph probably will be Caldwell Pope. He's a good defender, but I mean he's not. <clears throat> like it's not out of this world or anything, so they don't have anyone specifically to guard Steph, um, which you kind of like. You obviously want somebody who's specialist at that, but uh, it's going to be a great game because it's it's in LA, which again kind of tilts in their favor. But like I, I I believe in LeBron, obviously, but I can never just bet against Steph either. Like it's just he's basically dragged this team to the playing himself uh, like this team's nowhere near good enough to be anywhere near where they are it's all just down to him yeah how, how come he couldn't do it last year this year was he injured last year or something like that like didn't they only get not even 20 wins or something yeah he missed a good chunk of last year uh, I think he broke his hand but then I think they kind of uh, I think they might have tanked you know uh, when they realised that they're not going to get in the playoffs um I believe, yeah, I think they kind of held him out a bit longer than he needed to be, um, make sure they lose enough. And then they went and got the number two pick or number three. So, um, Very nice. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, should Steph definitely stay at the Warriors? Um, well, it's actually interesting you ask that. I think his contract is up at the end of next season and... In the summer, they'll try to come up with a new deal, but um, I think they're in a good position. They've got, um, basically, they've got the um, Minnesota Timberwolves pick, and if that is outside, I think it's the top three picks, the Warriors get it, and if it's within the top three picks, the Wolves keep it. So if they get, say, the fourth pick, uh, it's it's supposedly quite a strong draft class. They had the number two pick last year, um, and... They've got Clay Thompson coming back. If they, if they can have that, they're in a pretty good position. And I think he's I think he wants to stay regardless, to be honest. But uh, if if they have the number four pick, they can either trade last year's number two pick or kind of keep developing them. Um, and then if Draymond and Clay, who were the original core anyway, uh, alongside Steph, uh, it'd be it'd be hard to find teams in a much better position. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, that's enough of the Warriors. Talk to me about these Trailblazers and how they got in so controversially into the playoffs. Well, um, 
you know me. I, I'm a big fan of Dame. Uh, I've got the jersey, you know. Huge fan, huge fan. And as we referenced a few weeks back, uh, I think someone tweeted him and said, uh, I need you to get 42 wins or uh, I'm going to lose my house on a bet. And Dame said, say less. And he said less. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It looked very grim about two weeks ago. Uh, they had lost pretty much the majority of the games since the, the tweets. But uh, I think out of their last, I think it was out of their last 13 games, they had to win 11 of them or something. And mm. so they had won um, 10 of those with the, the last game to be played last night. So they maybe got a bit lucky that the Nuggets, or well, that man maybe got a bit lucky uh, that the Nuggets uh, wanted to avoid LeBron. But uh, yeah, he's keeping his house because Dame delivers. It's Dame mm. time. It's Dame time. And uh, do they have a chance at the overall prize in that Western Conference? Um, so they're going to be playing the Nuggets and uh, uh, I can't see them beating the Nuggets in a series uh, again it's hard to reel Dame out but the, the players around Dame just aren't like they're just not on the level uh, they see Jamie McCullum he's, he's decent but you know he'll get you 20 25 points a game but he, like unless Dame's getting 40 a game in the playoffs it's not going to be enough uh, they have like they have people that can score points, but the ones that can score, they can't like defend for their lives. So they're kind of giving up those same points on the other end. And the Nuggets have um, just a more strong like overall squad. So can't see the Blazers. Um, yeah, can't see them getting through the Nuggets at all. Mm, but like there is that thing that I keep hearing. I know it's. I know it's signature for LeBron, not uh, and and probably is with a lot of other players that they don't turn it on until the playoffs. So Dame time, that's when Dame time happens. Uh, that could be the only thing that carries them across. Yeah, and the one thing is, there's nobody on the Nuggets that is, um, you know, in a position to be able to guard Dame. Um, I think they're basically going to have to just live with whatever he does and. Uh, work at stopping the rest of the team from doing any damage um, like the they're kind of built in two different ways the the travelers are built with kind of smaller players the guards are their best players the nuggets are built with their their biggest players being their best players so yeah it's kind of two different styles but um yeah no i i just think it's gonna be the nuggets okay okay and uh yeah, other teams like Jazz topping that conference should be read too much into that. Um, <clears throat> no, um, I think it's it's just down to them all being familiar with each other and playing together for years, and kind of gave them a bit of a head start in the start of the season. Um, like how how are them and the Suns, the number one, number two in the conference? And you're telling me that LeBron's like, yeah, I'll take on the Sun, no problem. You have to remember, these are the two teams that were giving it socks all year long. Um, they didn't have any injury issues. Um, and they kind of have a bit of, yeah, just cohesiveness from the last few years. Whereas the Nuggets, they were giving it socks as well. I mean, the Nuggets only finished 5.5 games behind the Jazz. Um, and they kind of had a couple of bad injury issues. Um Clippers again, injuries, they were only five games off the pace. The Lakers were 10 games off the Jazz, but LeBron has missed like the last two months or so, and uh, Dave has missed about two months himself as well. So, like, the strength and depth for the Lakers after those two players drops off like a cliff. Like, it's there's no comparison to the players without them. So, like, if you took the two best players off any team, they're going to struggle to get anywhere near the playoffs. So, for the Lakers to have even won, so many games is uh, still pretty impressive. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, they've brought up a lot of teams there, uh, but, like, should the teams that you're bringing up are the only ones we should even focus on? Like, are the Mavericks, Mavericks in discussion? Are the Clippers really in discussion here? Uh, yeah, the Clippers are definitely a contender, but they play the Mavericks in the first round, and the Mavericks lock. Uh, knocked them out last year um, but the mm -hmm. Clippers were 3-1 up in that series and absolutely blew it um, 
So they'll, they'll be kind of out for revenge for that. And I think the Clippers have a better squad. Um, they're more of a team than last year. Um, so I think they should knock the Mavericks out. And then, um, so basically, if the, the Clippers win that series, um, they play the winner of the Jazz against whoever the eight seed is. So that'd be... Chances are that's either the Jazz against either Lakers, Warriors, or Grizzlies. I think they're the three contenders for the eighth seed. Um, whereas, actually, if Denver win, they could end up against the Lakers if the Lakers get seven seed. Um, so it's kind of a weird one. Um, there's in the in the first round. I don't think there's going to be any kind of guaranteed series, but then in the second round, it's going to be like. The, the the teams that thought they've done well in this like in the regular season, I think could be the underdogs uh, in the second round of the playoffs. Like that's how that's how lopsided the kind of standings are. Like they're not they don't reflect the talent. They just reflect the kind of the injuries of the season and stuff. Okay, okay. In uh, before we hit on the boring Eastern Conference, <laughs> okay. I want to see if we can get a bit of value here, Valo, with your extensive NBA knowledge, okay? Because all these uh, all these markets I'm looking at are very one-sided on the favorite. And if you think someone else uh, other than the favorite in these markets could uh, win an award, you know, speak up because they could be about 80 to 1. So who's going to be the regular season MVP? Nah, it's Jokic. There's not even a, not even a question. The, the only way he wouldn't win it is if... Um, like there, there's some um, media people who I have no idea why, but they want like they whenever they're told that Jokic is going to be the one that wins it, they're like why, why? Like you know, they they just they basically have a big moan about it on on the podcast or whatever they're on, and uh, they they never can actually come up with a reason why you shouldn't win it, um, but they just start saying other names like um, like Steph. Like, why wouldn't Steph win? If Steph's doing things you've, no one's ever seen before, why wouldn't he win it? I think... I think the last time... I, I saw the stat uh, a week or two ago. The last time that uh, someone below, like, the sixth seed or seventh seed uh, won the MVP was in, like, the 60s or, you know, something mad like that. Like, hasn't happened in about 50 years. Um He's he's done an amazing job. He's the only reason that they're in there. But I think MVP is kind of held to a higher caliber than just getting a team into the playoffs. Like you have to be competing in around the very top. Well, uh, just uh, for you know personal reasons, I'm gonna say I Def has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll finish. He'll definitely finish top five. The. Grizzlies Jamarant, uh, he won Rookie uh, of the Year last year. Who's going to win this year? For me, it's Lamelo Ball. Uh, the this what I don't understand sometimes about um, the kind of culture in America. So maybe you'll tell me if it's the same in the NFL. But basically, um, say Luka Doncic, like you know how good he is. Um, he was playing in. Uh, Spain for Real Madrid when he's like 15, 16. Like he played two or three years for Real Madrid before declaring for the draft. He won the MVP of basically the Champions League of basketball in Europe. And they still were like, we don't know if this guy can cut it in the NBA yet. We like we haven't seen him play college. It's like, what are you talking about? He's played played as a professional for years and you're saying he can't compete with these college kids who've like, you know, what yeah. do they play like? 30 games a season like he's playing like 60 games a season and winning a championship and being the MVP so there's a weird culture that if you didn't go to college um, you know they, they can't trust you or whatever so Lamelo Ball um, he's had a bit of a wacky path he played when he was like 16 he played in Lithuania uh, when he was 17 he played in Australia but you could see when you were watching that he wasn't he was just using him as a stepping stone for the NBA so he wasn't fully committed he wasn't he literally just wasn't arsed uh, defender at all. Uh, he was all about just putting up, like putting up points and assists. Well, if you watch him, like his passing ability is like LeBron. Like he he's tall uh, for a point guard, 
so he sees everything but he has the ability to actually make the pass as well um, and he's a good three-point shooter he's um he's done quite well so for me he's the rookie of the year but he's kind of in, in the same boat as what Doncic was because um the, the, the base were like we, we haven't seen him in college so that's why he wasn't the first second pick if he went to the Warriors the Warriors would at least be I think like top five in the league this year but they decided to go with the trusted college player instead um, mm-hmm. and that college player is not even in the running for rookie of the year uh, James Wiseman um, didn't have a great season really um, the only other one is Anthony Edwards um, he started off really slow he's finished the season strong but uh, I, d- I don't think he can be bad for half a season and then win rookie of the year because you finish strong um, I think the better season overall is easily Lamelo. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you, if you are looking for like a bet with a a, a chance. Like, I can't imagine it's great odds because it's kind of a two horse race. But uh, maybe he'd have okay odds. But uh, I don't see him winning. Anthony Edwards is six to one. The Mellow Ball is one to sixteen. So your your analysis is right so far. But tell me if uh, you have anything outside for most improved player of the year. Uh, well, just before I say that, the only other thing about the rookie of the year is that Lamelo did miss about um, twenty games or so in injury. Um, so Edwards did play pretty much the whole season, but I think, uh, like, I I don't think that matters. I think, you know, re- regardless of if he missed twenty games, you know, he still had the best rookie season uh, by a long shot. So, but yeah, if if you wanted to take the odds on, and um, the only reason that it might be is that, like he he, he missed basically a quarter of the season, Um that's the only thing that could turn it into um, Edwards' favor. Mm. Okay, okay, so it's a bit of a chance there, bit of a chance. Uh, most improved player of the year. A lot of people are saying this is going to go to Julius Randle, um, plays for the Knicks. Um, and basically the reason for that is he kind of had his kind of breakout season. So he started averaging kind of mid-20s points a game. Um, where I think it's something like, he's averaged something like 25 or 20, I think it was 24, 6 and 6 or something. So 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. And there's only a handful of players have ever done it. Um, like it's one of these bizarre stats that like, it means nothing, but because so few players have ever done it, it's kind of become a big media story. Um, but he's kind of gone from just being literally your average player to being the best player on a team. Um, that's kind of co- gone from not being in the playoffs to the fourth seed, um, and they're not too far off, like the, the top three teams in the East. So um, the, the way it works in the NBA, it's really... Uh, you can just tell by the narrative and the narrative was all around him because he's basically the reason that they've turned this team around according to the media so um, I, I wouldn't even consider putting money on anyone else um, I think um, I think for the Nuggets they did have a player um, Mike Porter Jr. who started the season on the bench I'm not sure if he's in contention because you, you can only uh you can only start a certain amount of games before you're ineligible for... Or, oh, sorry, this is most improved. Sorry, I was thinking of six-man. Uh, sorry, no, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is the other option for most improved, but he um, he, he kind of started the season slow, so he's, it's kind of a bit like the Anthony Edwards thing again. He started the season slow, whereas Randall's been good the whole season long. Um, and, yeah, I just think the, the kind of media have already pretty much decided the votes and they're the ones voting so they're the ones talking about it as well so yeah okay okay well yeah i'm sure if you read like even look up like most improved player of the year you're gonna find you know every article from every journalist just saying one name because it's a one to a hundred here i was really looking for value the next best was a uh, 17 to one uh with uh jeremy grant all oh, right. Um. Yeah. Well, he's a weird one because he went from playing for uh, Denver. Um. He, you know, he was like their kind of fourth option. So he, I don't know. He might have averaged about like twelve, thirteen points, something like I don't know numbers. But he's basically gone from that to he went to Detroit in the summer, 
and he became their number one option. So like he's scoring over twenty points a game, and you know he's like he's their main guy. So obviously his stats are going to be a lot better. But I think um, like there's a saying in the NBA like good um, good stats, bad team, and you know basically means like even if a team is terrible, somebody has to be getting the twenty points a game. So there's always going to be one, but. I think the Pistons are like one of the worst teams in the league. Um, definitely, like actually, yeah, I just checked and they're yeah they're bottom of the East. Like the, I can't see them win. Like you, you can't be on the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams and and win most improved player. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Well, yeah, it'd be very, very, very tough. It's it's almost like how a draft should work. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, best defensive player of the year. This is a good one. So this is um, between Gobert and Simmons. Um, so Gobert, um, he's won it last year. Um, I'm not sure that he won it the year before. I'll just quickly check. But basically, he plays for the Jazz. So he's playing on the team with the best record in the league. Um, and he's not an amazing like offensive player. So he's basically all about um defense like that that's that's what he brings to the team and he basically is a center so he, he kind of guards in around the net um but the thing with him is that the whole defensive system of the jazz is basically designed to bring out the best in him like to kind of draw people into his area to defend whereas a lot of teams they try to attack by bringing the center out of the kind of the paint area just below the net um mm-hmm. so basically like that if the whole team has to be set up for him to succeed in this way um so this is kind of the the feeling that's kind of going against him because ben simmons is basically able to guard anybody on the other team um whether it's the point guard or the center he literally just guards the best player on the other team every single night um now there's a bit of a weird narrative with him as well because there's times where like there was a game where LeBron scored like 30 points on him but I think he missed like half his shots or something so everyone was like look at Ben Simmons he locked down LeBron it's like he still scored 30 points on him like yeah he, he didn't lock him down like but um the fact that he's kind of able to he makes things difficult for every single player that he guards so kind of in that sense I can see Simmons winning it now Gobert has won it twice um, he didn't win it last year, but he won the two years before that, and he's he's just basically been like a steady, consistent, um, like standard, um, for the last four or five years. Um, the only thing is that sometimes they don't like voting for the same people over and over again, um, mm. so there is a slight chance that Simmons can win it, but I think the kind of the media have mostly talked about Gobert winning that. So I think um I just looked it up and the odds for Sims are nine to one. So that's actually like if you're gonna take a punt, it's 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 decent odds for for it's a two horse race. Um yeah. I, I don't think the odds accurately reflect reflect. What would you put uh Simmons as if you were making the odds? Um I don't know, like he should be within two to one. Like it, what? Really? Two to one? Uh, I think like I think it should be a lot closer. Like I think it could go either way. Now, the thing is, um, there is this guy who works for ESPN, and he kind of takes a um a, a, about it was about three weeks ago. He basically did a kind of poll of all the people that actually have votes, um, and he basically asked them who's going to win this award, who's going to win that award, like, basically, who are you going to vote for at this moment in time? And he said, um, he basically gave the figures for how, um, like, accurate these stats are. He does them every year. And basically, like, um, they're pretty much spot on every year, like, unless some mad thing changes. Um, And the thing is, he had Gobert winning it. So I think that's what's kind of affecting these odds a lot. Because um, basically, it's basically like doing market research for who people are going to vote for. Um, and then betting on that information. Like, um, 
So, for example, like he did have um, Jokic to win the MVP by a country mile. Like there, there was no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, he has Gobert to win it. So chances are that the people are going to vote for Gobert. But I'm I'm just talking when I'm saying two to one. I'm just talking about the actual season they've had rather than the kind of media side of it. Okay. Okay. So you're looking at the data and not following the hype. Yeah, I'm looking at facts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? Hype. Hype shouldn't make numbers. You know, data makes the numbers. And now, finally, uh, NBA Sixth Man of the Year. First, tell me what that means, and then tell me who's <laughs> going to win. <laughs> The sixth man of the year is basically uh, the best bench player. So uh, if you started, I think it's like if you started less than half your team's games, um, but you've come off the bench for the other half, you can um, you can win sixth man of the year. It's basically meant to be like a reward for, um, say, some players, they're good enough to start, but for like tactical reasons, they're not starting. Um, like it could be that they're, they're the second best player are kind of, um, running the team so when the first best players off resting like subbed out they bring on this one so that it's kind of a constant like flow um, yeah. but it's I suppose it's kind of meant to like motivate people to actually do this or whatever um, or just recognise that they're doing it um, in terms of who's going to win it a lot of the talk for this one has been about two Utah Jazz players which is really rare like usually you wouldn't get two players in the same team Um like in in the runner for this, um, just because usually there's kind of one standout player from, um, like from each team that will come off the bench. Now the the thing is, I think Joe Ingles was kind of injured for a good bit of the season, and he was kind of coming off the bench then, so he's usually a starter for them. Um, but like he's kind of just been in and out of starting this year, so I think he kind of is in the running for by default. Uh, whereas Jordan Clarkson is like he's just naturally. They want him coming off the bench um, for the reasons I just said. Like he, he kind of runs it well for what he does and it kind of gives him more of a scoring opportunity when kind of the, the bigger players are um, on the bench. Like So oh, I, I don't know who would win it. I think basically just going off the fact that I just know Clarkson would average more points and probably more assists as well. Um, Surely going off that, I'd imagine he'd win it out of the two of them. Um, I haven't really heard anyone else talk about this um, for this award. Like, um, kind of all the podcasts I listen to are about these two. Um, yeah, I just probably will go for Clarkson, but um, I don't know. I I don't really know too much about the difference between them. So, um, yeah. Okay, we don't have the stats. Sure, why would you follow someone on the bench, anyways? Exactly. Uh, what's the point? So, on to the boring Eastern Conference. Now, we know about the 76ers. We know about the Nets. We know the Bucks. They're all class. But how the hell have, have the Knicks, Knicks just gotten so good? Uh, yeah, they got a better coach. Um, he's kind of... he's. I don't think he's ever won the championship, but uh, he kind of regularly qualifies for playoffs when he's a coach of a team. Um but as well, the the Heat who were in the finals last year, they just started off really slow. They had a lot of injuries and stuff. The Celtics have just been terrible all year. Um, the Celtics are a weird one because everyone hypes up their coach, um, hypes up their players, and they, they did have some like players missing for like COVID or whatever. But um, I think the coach is a bit overrated, and I think that they've been kind of um, overrated by people for years and. This season just kind of showed it. Like obviously, I think they're still probably like the maybe the fifth best team in the in the league. But they're going into the playing tournament because they've been like they've just been bang average all year. Um, so the Knicks have basically taken advantage of those two teams uh, struggling this year, and uh, yeah, they've kind of just leapfrogged them then. And like I was saying, Julius Randle's done really well. They've got a better coach, and um, yeah, just like. They're more of a team this year than what they were before. Um, Could they go all the way? Nah, no hope. <laughs> not, not even a, hope. No, not a chance like they. Nah, nah. I think they went very close to beating the Lakers very recently, didn't they? Doesn't matter. It's a re- it, like the the Lakers didn't have LeBron, so I mean, it doesn't. Nah, nah. 
what kind, what kind of players should we be looking at when the Knicks play? Um, it's all about Randall for them. Um, How many is he scoring? Is he their Curry? Is he their Dame time? No, not like he. He maybe averaging averaging about twenty four a game. Um, but after Randall, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Derek Rose probably their second best player, but he's another one. He comes off the bench, um, to kind of. You know, when Randall's off the court, that's when he, he goes, he's their go-to scorer. So, they're an okay team. They might beat the Hawks in a series. Um, the Hawks have Trey Young. Uh, he's a very good point guard. But other than him, um, they kind of have a bunch of good, like, role players. But, like, they've only got one kind of star player. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, probably would favor the Knicks in that series. Um, but could go either way, though. But neither of them are a threat. Mm. Okay, okay. So, like, would they even make it into, say, a 76ers team or a Nets team? No. Well, definitely not a Nets team. Are, do the Nets just have it? Are they too powerful? Um, so, it's hard to tell. James Harden's only come back. Uh, I think he's played two games since he came back. Um, potentially three games. Um but like he's like he's had a couple of setbacks um with his injury um and he like he hasn't looked the same. Now he's had a couple of good moments uh, in these games, but he's not like you know, he's not setting the world on fire. Um but just the fact that they have Kyrie and KD at the moment, like the two of them are kind of build up good chemistry. Um don't know if you saw, but the the Nets actually um, did you see the highlight of them that came out this morning? Yeah, the play of the year they call it. Yeah, like that's just the talent that they had. They, like that's something that only happens in like all star games. Like um, for that to happen in national games, ridiculous. Um, and that that was Blake Griffin that um, played the original pass for that. So they like he's kind of come on a long way. Um, like he he only needs to average ten points in the playoffs for them. Um, and he's their fourth option. Like it's the the. The depth they have is ridiculous, but I think a lot of it does depend on how fit Harden actually is. So for the first round, chances are um, they're going to have to play, well, most likely the Celtics, but it could be the Wizards um, who have Russell Westbrook, but it's most likely the Celtics. Um, they could cause them one or two problems, Celtics, but like the Nets should have that. So it gives them an extra kind of series to kind of ease Harden back into it, get them back game fit and stuff um, and then once he's on fire it's going to be yeah it's going to be very hard to stop and they have to be the favourites mm-hmm. okay okay uh, I think we got a lot of NBA squeezing there until we see the first batch of the playoffs uh, do you want to move on to the road to a thousand euro <laughs> I think we better because uh, people are probably skipping just waiting for the <laughs> yeah more like they want the money they want it quick like we we're just telling you the study that we do to actually get the money right now. People just wanna they wanna get rich quick scheme, you know. Yeah. So, so let's just say though, before we move off the NBA, I just, I just hope that my picks uh, hit the same as your draft picks. That's all I can say. I'm just trying to emulate what you've done before me. Oh well, it's very hard to do that. You shouldn't be so hard <laughs> on yourself, okay? Like, oh, I I was accused by many of looking like asking a genie like to look into the future for <laughs> draft. And all I can say is no comment. Uh, but um, yeah, okay. I hear you have a, an evens and a one to three. What are you talking about? Yeah, so um, I don't know. kind of depends on what you're going to look at. So I was watching the Barcelona game yesterday and it was a big day in La Liga. So they're kind of talking through all the scores as they happen. And um, Real Valladolid... Uh, they had to win their game to not be relegated, or I think at the very least had to draw. Um, and within like half an hour, they're three 0 down. And the commentator was literally like, "I don't know what's up with them. All they had to do was, you know, not get hammered in this game." And uh, so they're three 0 down. I think they're playing Real Sociedad. They took their foot off the gas, um, so end up four one. But Valladolid are now relegated and. They're playing Atletico Madrid, who have to win. Um, well, they're not like they're 
if they lose and Real Madrid lose, they, they win the league anyway. And Real Madrid are playing Villarreal, who are kind of, they can be a bit of a bogey team. So um, let's just say Arsenal fans will know all about that. So um, while the lead, um, like if, if they win this game, they they can actually stay up. I was under the impression Huesca had actually won, uh, but they didn't, they lost. So actually... Turns out that Vitaly do have something to play for. Can't believe I've caught out on air here. Um, <laughs> do you know what? No, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm gonna stick, I believe in Diego. So, basically, uh, Vitaly have to win this game to stay up. They're playing Atletico Madrid. So, I don't know. That could play into Atletico's hands a bit because they could come out a bit more attacking. Uh, Atletico like to play on the counter a bit. So, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, I could talk myself into this. So you can get one to three on Atletico to just straight up win this game. Uh, Atletico minus one um, is just straight up evens. So that covers our bet. So I think maybe it depends on what you have. And uh, I'll have a quick gander while you discuss your picks, though, just to make sure <laughs> I have. Yeah, I, I, I have one pick, and it's okay. certainty. And it's awfully to beat Limerick in the guy this weekend at four to seven. And with that uh, added on to your one to three, it would definitely uh, it would be over evens, which is what we look for. Awfully just be Wicklow uh, by four points. The handicap was minus two. Yours truly had it. And uh, awfully, I don't know if you heard the news, but Shane Larry has invested in awfully GAA, so to make sure to get better. Okay, like look it up. And uh, it's obviously making a huge improvement because Offaly weren't winning anything, weren't even come close to winning anything. But I think we're back. I think Offaly's back. And I think they're going to trash Limerick, who I haven't even heard of in years. <laughs> okay. So Limerick are all hurling. Okay. And when a country, when a county goes all hurling, their Gaelic team just goes down that little bit much, a little bit too much, and they go down divisions. Okay, Limerick just won the All Ireland. They're gonna go to Cook anyway. They're gonna say we're good at hurling. Why would we bother being good at anything else? Okay, <laughs> Dublin already have to get. Dublin are gonna win by such and such every time. Okay, goals and goals and goals. They have about four the equivalent of first teams. Okay, they're never gonna lose again. The population's too much. They're unreal. So why would we focus on GAA Ga- Gaelic when we can just uh, play a bit of? Play bear hurling and actually have a chance of winning. So this means Shane Lowry's money is being put to better use and awfully you're getting a win here uh, at 4 to 7. Get it quick because it's not going to stay that way for the month. <laughs> All right, I like to say that. So that uh, means I don't have to do this minus one nonsense. Uh, so I definitely like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, we have perfect. It's just over evens, actually. Uh, let me check real quick. You're gonna get ooh ten. You're gonna get twenty cent, and you can put that right in your pocket from your two euro. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think we're pretty much done here, Valo. Let's make some money again. We are back. We are back. Are you alright? That absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. I'll see you later. <laughs> alright, what? Bye. Bye.